I was watching a thing on social media today and they're like, download the app so you can follow the map as to where everything is. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's Regina. How much, <laughs> like, how spread out must it be? Come on into the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 10, Josh. We're at double digits already. Uh, what seemed like something that we suggested, I guess you suggested it to me, if we could start a podcast and talk sports. And uh, here we are, 10 episodes in. By no means are the episodes being released on a normal schedule these days, because I just released <laughs> last week's a week late after half the news and predictions were over. Um, but we're on here, and uh, today we're going to preview Grey Cup, I guess. We're in championship week now for the CFL. Um, the finals, all the playoffs are done, right? There's two teams left. They play for the Cup on Sunday. Uh, we have Nate stopping by uh, to as our, our our NBA insider, you could call him, because he knows <laughs> NBA a little more than even both of us. Um, so we're going to talk some, some basketball with Nate later on the show and, and pick him again. And uh, yeah, that'll that'll be episode 10. But uh, we'll uh, take a break. We'll be right back, and we will uh, break down some CFL right here on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 10, Josh. We're in Championship Week now for the CFL. Um, It's a great time because the CFL, and they need to do this, uh, has the festival all week so like every team has like a rallying spot in Regina every team has um, contests going on there's there's parties at every team stop there's contests concerts all over the place um, I was watching a thing on social media today and they're like download the app so you can follow the map as to where everything is I'm like oh my goodness it's Regina <laughs> how much like how spread out must it be um, but that's uh that's where it's at um winnipeg toronto toronto is practicing at mosaic today and winnipeg was practicing at a practice facility somewhere i thought that was kind of funny i think they alternate but it it was just kind of like well that's hilarious so um worst case scenario for rider fans it's the bombers versus andrew harris uh the two nemesis of the team so um what were your thoughts on division weekend um they were actually pretty decent games both of them i thought it was a lot closer than the semis um i was fortunate to be at the west final but i'll let you go and then i can give my my view on some things here yeah i didn't uh i didn't watch much of the east final um i tuned in and out throughout the uh west final uh when i could um sad to see bc lose i was kind of hoping they could maybe pull something off but uh not really surprising at the same time <laughs> um and now Winnipeg against Toronto, like I don't know, I just <laughs> feel like Winnipeg's gonna win it again. Uh I don't think Toronto's like got much I mean they got Andrew Harris again, but like I don't know. I just I feel like I'm leaning towards Winnipeg winning this again. And then uh I think we talked about it at one point, but uh then after that, do they blow the team up? Like, do you guys start going elsewhere now that if they've won three in a row, or do they stay and be like, let's see how many we can do here? But, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of, I'm just leaning towards Winnipeg kind of winning it. Uh, be cool if Toronto pulled it off, but I, 
I don't know. I just Winnipeg's just been so dominant all year, so I just can't see them uh, going into this week being any different than how it's been playing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I, I was hoping Montreal BC would be there, and they both got eliminated this week, so that was too bad. <laughs> but at the same time, these two teams that are there have won the divisions the last two years. Like they are, they have been the best in each side. So it will be a good game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the BC game was a lot closer than Winnipeg fans thought. Like they were, I was at that game. So I go to the game. It's about minus 10 all night and we're bundled up and it's, it's a good night. There was like no wind. Right. So that's, that's half the battle right there. Last year, the West final, when Regina was there, Saskatchewan was there. It was minus 29 with wind chill. <laughs> I was like, oh, so we, we freed up some degrees. But um, no, you know, I think uh, Winnipeg, you know, I watched in that game, Winnipeg has built, is built properly, right? Um, they built that team for longevity. Teams are, players already last year took discounts to stay and do it again. Um, and here they are, right? And Michael Shea is, they, he was like, they kind of like, were like, okay, last chance O'Shea, and then he wins the cup, right? And it's like, he's been there ever since. Today I watched the coach's press conference and they were talking with, about him, about his contract. Like he's a free agent after the season. And they're like, are you committed to the team? He's like, well, yeah. He's like, why? Of course I am. And they're like, do you like playing like as a free agent, like playing for your contract? He's like, yeah, I've always done that. Then they like ask a few more questions to both coaches and then they come back. Like someone's like, so about your contract? And I'm just like, man, the guy's got to be fuming inside. They asked him like, I don't even know how many times it was in the end about his contract. And it's just like, okay, give the guy a break here. Um, that was Michael say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just let him, let him coach. Like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I think, I think Winnipeg wins the cup. I Toronto can stop them though. Toronto can beat them, but it's a matter of like, can they play all 60 minutes? You can't make a mistake against Winnipeg. BC made mistakes and it cost them. Um, but to go back to those division games, I obviously didn't watch the East game because I was on my way to the Winnipeg one. Um, but we sat there, Winnipeg scored on their first drive. It's like, oh, six nothing. I was like, yeah, but now Legio comes out. I said to Wes, my father in law, and uh, Legio misses the convert wide left. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. Um, and then Wes is like, hey, it looks like we have two field goals. That's good. I'm like, yeah. Could have seven, but yeah, six is okay. Rourke came out though, and he was one for one for eight or one for nine in his first ten throw. Like it was, it was bad. He did not come out ready to play. They were all over him. He threw he threw a ball right off the bomber chest, and I mean, there's a few missed interceptions. I would say because if it's July or August, those are caught, right? But it's like cold ball. Everyone's freezing out there, um, and the ball's hard and it's bouncing off everyone. But like. That game had absolutely everything. There was interceptions. There was fumbles. There was uh, botched kick returns that turned into touchdowns. There was uh, a missed convert return for two points. There was uh, a kick return touchdown. Like everything you hope to see. You hope to, like, when you go to a game, you're like, man, I hope I see one of these things. I saw them all in one game. That was, <laughs> was one of the best games I've seen live because BC kept it. Rourke came into the second half. He only had 87 passing yards. He finished with 300 even. He was on a mission in the second half. Um, Keon Hatcher was on, uh, like, he was kind of third third, third receiver all year in the playoffs. He's been their number one guy. Um, Rhymes had some nice plays. 
Uh, Burnham had one catch near the end. Just kind of like, well, that's too little too late. But, I mean, if he draws a couple defenders, you can get it. The reason I think Toronto could win is because what I saw on Sunday is that Winnipeg's pass defense is not as good as others in the league. They have good DVs. They can pick the ball like anyone. But Winnipeg relies on the pass rush. If if you can defeat the pass rush, that's half the battle already won there, right? Um, and then if Bethel Thompson's going to get time, Andrew Harris plays that dual role where he'll screen and he'll pop out and catch the ball. They're going to know that's coming. But I mean, like, that's why I think Toronto, if they're going to win, that's how they're going to win is they're going to defeat the pass rush and their old line's going to stand tall. Um, I hope they win. I really do. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens, right? So, but if Winnipeg wins, I mean, more power to them, man. They they built the team, right? And they're winning when they're supposed to, right? They built the team to win. So, um, mm-hmm. and when you don't when you don't win for three decades, you got to win. Like, they, they're going to have a cup per decade, right? Pretty soon here if they win again. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of it. Like, the storylines galore, right? Like Ryan Dinwiddie's never coached in a Grey Cup game. O'Shea has been there two th- straight years. This is his third. Um, it's just like there's a lot of storylines that are going to come into play here. Um, I think like there's the three peat. You got Harris versus Winnipeg, which is a storyline in and of itself. Um, like I said, the divin- division winners two years running. Hamilton stopped uh, Toronto last year. Otherwise, it would have been that battle anyways. Um and if you go back in history, Toronto and Winnipeg have played six times for the Grey Cup. Can you guess what the record is? They played six times for the Grey Cup? Six, six times in their history as the Argonauts and Blue Bombers, yes. I don't know, three and three? Six and oh for Toronto. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, the last time they played each other was many, many years ago. None of these guys were even in the league, but it's just kind of ironic, like, West was like, oh, I wonder how many times they play. I'm like, oh, you won't like this. Um, <laughs> but that's where it's at. But, yeah, do you have any more thoughts on that? I mean, it's it's Great Cup week. It's a fun time for a CFL fan. The, the CFL needs a good week of fandom for keeping them sustainable, right? Like, it's kind of where this mm. league has been the last few years. But what do you think on on that? Yeah, no, I, I'm ex- I'm excited. I don't know how much of the game I'll get to watch. I'll try and at least watch the, like, the ending just to kind of see who – wins it in the end but um yeah i don't know winnipeg like you said it's that pass rush the the willie jefferson and jeff coat and those guys up front that are their main like defensive fuel so if you're able to slow that down and give your quarterback some time then i think you got a more than good chance to like to uh make big plays in that game and maybe come away with the win um it's going to be interesting too because i'm guessing it's probably going to be i don't know about snow in regina but it's going to be cold so it'll be another interesting game like you said like there's lots of drop balls and stuff in the um bc winnipeg game with in the cold so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see like how they adapted that um yeah. but yeah no i'm excited i one of my favorite points parts of the uh coaches uh interview is when they ask the question about if they let their players have sex the night before the game <laughs> they did they didn't ask that this year eh? really because because terry jones who took up the mantle to keep asking that question he got let go by the sun this year or the journal or whoever he's working for oh okay it's first great cup he's missed and i forget how many years he had so, had it on social media but because i like 
I watched the thing because I always love, I always think it's humorous the answers they come up with. So I skipped through and I listened to all the questions and I was like, oh, okay. So, but yeah, that's always a fun one. O'Shea, I think once said one time said that anticipation can be as good as the as the real thing. Uh, he said, uh, "Don't don't uh, use all your energy in the warm up." <laughs> so I was like, "That's that's fair." But anyways, um, and then uh, just a side note too. Uh, just since we're on the CFL topic, is uh, Nathan Rourke is going to be working out in the NFL for some teams too. So. That could be if he goes to the NFL, like that could be a huge derailment for the BC Lions. And uh, but I mean, then that probably means Vernon Adams is staying there too. So I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, and we should touch on the trade that happened to the CFL this week. Uh, not, I don't even know if it's a big trade. Like we'll know, I guess, in a few months, right? What happens? But uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's rights traded to Hamilton. He says he'll listen to Hamilton, but he's going to test the free agent market. Which why wouldn't you? see who's going to pay him the most. I don't think, I don't think he stays in Hamilton after reading no, I that. I don't think. No, I, I think, think he's, he's going to respectfully hear them out because they gave up assets to get him. I, I think he kind of owes them at least an interview, like a sit down, but oh, I don't yeah. think he, I don't think he, and I thought, I know like people are like, they didn't really give up much. I'm like, yeah, but if he leaves, you gave up futures. And we've talked in this, on this podcast, what are the futures for CFL draft picks? They're not like the NFL or NHL or anything like that, but it's players. Like it's who knows what they could be, right? There's always diamonds in the rough in the CFL draft. We've seen that happen before. Um, Yeah. But I I know rider fans and rider analysts on Twitter were saying like, man, did the riders even call them for this? And one, one guy suggested the riders probably called and Calgary might've said no. Like to trade mm-hmm. him in the division, but I'm like, yeah. why would you just trade him as a free agent then, so you can walk over to Saskatchewan if he wants? I'm not saying he's going there, but it was kind of I was like that that could be like you, you rarely see hockey trades within the division, right? Usually it's like mm-hmm. cross conferences and everything. Um, but is what it is. I uh, yeah, we'll see see where he picks. I mean, you can't really talk to Toronto or any of these teams until they're done playing, right? And he won't go to Winnipeg. We know that's like a for sure no. Um, the other the other interesting spot would be if if Ottawa picked him up. Like I know Mazzoli's there, but like that's a that would be an intriguing place. But he but then one of those guys won't want to be back up, right? So I don't think he ends up there. But that would just be an intriguing spot. One one place I could see now is maybe BC if. Uh... If Rourke stays in the NFL, like if he goes down there, I could see BC pushing hard for him so that they yeah. can like stay competitive after what they had happened this year. Like Dom Rhymes will just have to switch his number. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I still but, I don't know. Uh, I still have a gut feeling it's Toronto. I don't know why, but that's just kind of where my gut's leaning. And I'm sitting here, I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I was like, Oh, the riders. She's like, the riders are a mess. I'm like, and he's a rider fan. But <laughs> said Yep. Yes, they are. But they got to figure out the quarterback position. But the problem is they're just sitting here waiting for Mitchell. This happened a couple of years ago with Caleros. They're like, oh, all those all those quarterbacks are free agents. Mitchell, Riley, like all of them. And what happened? Chris Jones just like watched everyone get signed. And he's like, oh, we'll just bring Caleros back. Well, then we know Caleros gets mashed in the first game. Fajardo takes over. The rest is history there. Claros didn't play another down for the Riders, and now he's a two-time Great Cup champion. 
But, I mean, it, it's the Riders have to figure out the quarterback position. Um, there is rumors that Fajardo would come back now because Moss is gone. I think he kind of burned his bridge though with those interviews that he did at the end. I don't like. I don't think he's coming back. Um, but then that's the other side. Does he go to one of these other teams that might be losing their quarterback? I who knows, right? Um, the way I see it, depend. It's all going to depend on Mitchell and Rourke, but it's going to be Vern Adams Jr. Um, or uh, Bethel Thompson. I think that's going to end up in Saskatchewan somewhere. I don't know what. And I don't know that either of those are better than Fajardo, but I just think like that's going to be kind of our options at the end if Mitchell does not come to Saskatchewan and if Rourke stays in the CFL, right? Like there's a few factors that are going to hinder or uh, that the writers' decisions have to hinge on. They could always uh, go back, uh, dip into the well and uh, bring back Tino Sinceri. Yeah, he's probably looking for a job. Kevin Glenn's probably still okay. Brandon Um, Bridge. Darian Durant. Yeah, there's a lot of guys they could pull back. Kerry Joseph's already unretired once. Bring Vince um, Young back. <laughs> yeah, Vince Young didn't even play it down. Let's give him a chance. Uh, but no, you know, I guess we're right. <laughs> Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. The rumors he wants to come play in the CFL. I think he'd be in for a rude awakening. I think he thinks he can just walk up and play. We saw that with Manziel, right? He thought he could just walk in and play. Chad Johnson thought he could walk in and play. But... Tom Brady's not coming to the CFL. <laughs> no, but I think I think he just likes to stir the pot, right? Um, yeah. But it, but you know what I mean, like Chad Ochocinco, he Chad Johnson when he came back, he changed the name back when he came here. But it was uh, I remember afterwards there was an interview. He said that that CFL game is hard. He said, and like yeah. it was like, hey, this is nice for an NFL guy finally to say like it's not just a bush league that you push through and don't care about. Yeah, but I feel like. A lot of people, like, in a different sports comparison, almost feel like the NFL will be, like, the NHL standard and the CFL is, like, an AHL standard. But it's, like... Yeah. They're different it's just... Teams. It's not. It's just that Canadian football doesn't get as much, at, like, uh, viewers, I would say. I don't know what other word to use than the NFL. Like, the NFL is just so much more popular. And I think it's because of the way it's marketed. Like, I think the CFL doesn't oh. do money, much marketing. And I think if, if they really invested into some good marketing, they could bring a lot of viewers from the States and stuff to watch mm-hmm. games and stuff. Yeah. But they just, they don't market it. <laughs> the CFL needs a better marketing standard and it needs to put a 10th team in the league so that you don't have teams mm-hmm. on buys. So you're seeing five games a week instead of four. Um, yeah. That that would help bring revenue in, right? But but at the same time, like, look at Grey Cup tickets. I was looking at prices there when the riders got out because everyone was selling their tickets. $273 was the cheapest ticket I found to sit out in the cold. That's, I went I went for free this past week because my father-in-law has a, has a season <laughs> ticket for me to use. But it's just like, I'm not paying to sit out in the cold, watch two teams I don't really care about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I was, I was up when the Bombers were score, and I was like, wow, when the Lions were – it was a funny game for me. I was just like, oh, this is amazing football. It was just back and forth. <laughs> but uh, I, I was kind of funny because at the start of the game, I told uh, Wes, my father-in-law, I said, I'm happy to be here because I really wanted to see Nathan Rourke live. And uh, he says, well, you're seeing the best of him right now. He's one for eight at that point. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that's how it goes. So – yeah, I know. Great Cup week. Well, uh, who do you who do you pick? Win? You pick Winnipeg to win. Yeah, I think Winnipeg takes it. Yeah, I think I think Winnipeg's three peats. 
we haven't had a three-peat in the CFL in, ooh, I forget what the number of years is. Montreal went back-to-back in 9 and 10, but they didn't win in 11. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, but we're going to take a break on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 10. And uh, we're joined by our, I don't know, Nate, do I call you our new NBA insider here? Maybe for the pod? Um, yeah. Josh? Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Josh doesn't really <laughs> uh, follow NBA as much, so I we had to find someone that did <laughs> so we can bounce things off each other. And, uh, yeah, so we wanted to be part of Episode 10. We wanted to have NBA talk. Um, you and I talk NBA from time to time. And uh, Josh, like I said, he'll follow it a little bit, but he's not like he wouldn't know much about the NBA in comparison with us. So we're sitting down talking NBA a little bit here. Um, <laughs> as we record this, it is uh, Wednesday, November the 16th. And uh, the Raptors, as we as we record this, the Raptors are sixth, the Knicks are seventh. The Raptors are eight and seven, but with a win. And barring other people losing, they Defense. can jump almost to almost a third. So <laughs> it's kind of a weird, uh, yeah, kind of a weird situation they're in. But um, what do you think, Nate, about the Raptors? They've kind of been they're five and one at home. They're three and six on the road. That's kind of played factors. They played more road games than they have home games. Um, mm-hmm. And you should you should usually win the home games, especially in Toronto when it's Blue Jays or Raptors because they're the only team Canada has. Um, what have you? What has your initial thoughts been of the Raptors, and uh, what do you project seeing down the stretch here? I think they've been good, just like considering the injuries they've had. Um, like we've been without Van Vliet for a couple games and Siakam a couple games. So those are the bigger impact guys for us. Like I consider them and Scotty Barnes kind of the top three for Raptors, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's been tough, obviously, just out of the gate for them. But I think. It's better almost to get healthy players down the stretch anyway, if you can kind of stay afloat when they're out, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, if they can get some wins, I know that uh, Fred Van Vliet's back for us tonight. Um, they said he's going to be in the lineup, so I don't know if that's starting or, you know, coming off the bench or whatever, just depending on how his injury is. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, but I think they've been good so far. I mean, like you were saying, if they win, they can, you know, jump over top of, the Cavs and Wizards, right? So, like, if they lose, both both them lose as well. But so I think they're still sitting good. You know, we're still if in the in the playoff race. I know it's early to talk about that, but mm-hmm. and seeing how you know out of the gate how the Nets and Sixers have done, it's you know they're not doing too well either. So I mean, at least you know the Raptors aren't the only ones struggling in their conference. You know with the bigger teams also struggling as well yeah and the raptors now have four of five at home uh they're home to miami tonight they go to atlanta on saturday next week they're home to brooklyn dallas and then the week after cleveland and then they go on the road to play the pelicans and brooklyn and that'll open up december for them so um now that would maybe be a good segue quickly before we come back to the raptors is brooklyn uh, what the heck's going on down there? Because they got absolutely demolished by the Sacramento Kings, right? Um, yeah. What do we what do we make of that team? Um, are they done? I mean, I think Steve Nash has been the happiest guy of the year because he's out of there. Um, 
Durant mm. made his big thing this summer. Like it's him or me, and now here we are. Um, and Durant is there. The team sucks. Tim me or Kyrie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they kind of uh, use Nash as a scapegoat almost, I think. <laughs> they kind of were like, oh, it's just because he doesn't have coaching experience, so they kind of threw him out under the bus, I feel like. But, I mean, <laughs> they're still sucking even with him gone. So, I mean, it obviously wasn't Steve Nash's fault. Say this quote Kevin Durant gave last night. Uh, you know, he said, look at our starting lineup. And he said, it's Edmund Summer, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton. I mean, it's not disrespect, but what are you even expecting from us? So it's like, even it sounds like Durant's starting to give up on his own team. So that's not what you want from your leader or whatever, you know? No, not at all. And, and it gets... Uh... The longer it goes, the worse they get, right? The, the Nets are six and nine. Now, we're saying this. Okay, so everyone here, one, two, three teams have eight wins, two teams, three teams have seven wins, and three teams have six wins. So they're all close. But if you don't start making up some ground pretty soon, like these early games matter, right? Like I know we've talked on the podcast before, me and Josh, about uh, um, NHL, right? Like the early games, sure, you don't, you don't judge like a goaltender – oh, man, they're going to have a terrible year. Like, if Campbell loses one game like everyone was doing, oh, man, here we go again. You wait you wait yeah. a little bit, but those games still matter. But you can't judge the whole t- season on those, you know, first two games. But we're 15 games in uh, average. I think most of these teams have played 14 or 15 games, it seems. Uh, the Raptors have yeah. played 15, so they're on the higher end of that. But what do you make, like, of these teams? Because if we go to the big names, per se, right, like Harden, he's out, I know, with the 76ers. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, like, so the, the nets are, are bad. Um, you go to the, <laughs> go to the West, the, uh, the warriors are six and eight as well. And they're not doing too well. Um, young bench on that team, but then you yeah. look at the Lakers, they're three and 10, they're struggling to <laughs> maintain ground on the rockets who are two and 12. So what do you make of these big names? Are they not leading the team? Like, do we not have big threes anymore? Or what do you think on that? I think it's, uh, Honestly, a lot of it with age and stuff as well. Um, with, you know, speaking with the Warriors and Lakers, I say age with LeBron. And, I mean, injuries like Anthony Davis just can't stay healthy for them. And then they keep just throwing Westbrook under the bus, even though he's even playing way better now. And he's even, I think, one of their top performers just now. But so now they're just kind of throwing everyone else under the bus. But, you know, I think for the, the Nets, I don't know what's going on there. I think they put too much money almost into two players with Kyrie and Durant and, you know, didn't really think about getting uh, some solid backup, like bench players and other, you know, producers for them. But so I think that's one of the Nets issues. And then obviously with all the off court drama, it's harder for them to probably stay focused every single game. And yeah, with the Warriors, I don't really know what's going on. I figured they'd be, you know, top of the West right now, but you know, I think they're just, struggling out of the gates and they I think it's more of a thing they need to figure out you know of what's going on and yeah I don't know really what's going on with the Lakers either I mean they do have a lot of talent like even just outside of their big three they do have other good producers on that team but no one's really performing the way they should be this season other than right now like Westbrook and I saw LeBron's had a couple good games lately and so they're doing good but yeah like 
Anthony Davis just can't stay healthy either, and they don't really have a lot of other big guys on their team that can replace, you know, play center and replace Davis when he's out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Lakers what? are in a bad spot too because uh, they don't even have their first-round pick. So even if they <laughs> end up at the bottom, their first-round pick goes to the Pelicans. And the Pelicans are seventh, seventh in their conference. They could realistically, if they can kind of maintain what they're doing, they can make the playoffs and get a first overall pick too. <laughs> it's uh, the Pelicans have good time at the draft part, draft lottery, right? We all know the Zion Williamson. Uh, what what was their percentage? It was really low. Like they shouldn't have gotten that pick, and somehow the lottery balls fell their way. But yeah, I want to say they were like eighth or ninth best odds. <laughs> It was, it was they, so silly. It was just like yeah, the, the bad teams could not gain ground on them because they uh, <laughs> because they were there. But uh, I don't know. It's yeah. it's just crazy, right? And I mean, they're uh, the guy that was representing them there. I forget who was representing them at that draft, but he uh, he had the rabbit's foot. <laughs> like he's like, yes, it worked. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's probably what happens. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I actually remember that. Give me, give me quickly here, Nate. Uh, surprises for you for the season so far. Like, maybe give me a good surprise of a team that's doing well that you're like, wow, I can't believe they're actually putting that all together, and a team that you're like, man, I thought they'd do more. Good in each and bad in each. Yeah, let's do one in each conference or two in each conference like that. Yeah. For what I'll start with the West. I'll say my surprise would definitely be the Trail Blazers because they've been kind of middle to the bottom of the pack for the last many seasons and they're 10 and four and they're first in their conference. I mean, the jazz are right behind them because they're 10 and six, but they obviously just have two more games played and two more losses. So they're behind right now, but I'd say the trailblazers are definitely a surprise considering, I mean, they didn't really do anything in the off season, you know, they just kind of kept their same team from last year other than like a couple minor changes, but so in, and you know they're off to a hot start. And I'd say my kind of shock for the and disappointment it would almost be the Clippers, just because you know they got Kawhi back. You know they were really surprised. And I remember last year in the end of the season and playoffs they were doing really good. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting in ninth, and they're sitting just over five hundred at eight and seven. Like so, I think they'd be almost my surprising, disappointing team of the Western Conference. I thought they'd be top three or four right now and I mean obviously that can still happen with lots of season left but mm-hmm. I mean right now I would say they're kind of my the shock or disappointment for me in the west and for the east I'd almost say my surprise would be the Hawks because same thing they you know I mean I know they traded for uh Murray from the Spurs to pair with Trey Young but I didn't think that would even really do much for them. But I mean, now they're sitting nine and five, third in the East. So I mean, they're doing good so far, and really <laughs> surprising other teams as well. I think just with how they've been playing with Trey Young and Murray, and yeah, I'd say I think my disappointment for the East would almost be the Bulls because I remember last year they were really good, yeah. and they were top of the East a lot of the time. They were top in the east and right now they're sitting six and eight and 11th in the east conference and they're just kind of struggling right now but i mean same thing like i said with the clippers you they can easily turn it around but um like we were saying you know early games do still matter like you can't put yourself in a big hole and think oh we'll make up for it later 
because <laughs> if you do that, it's going to get too late and you're not going to have any time to make it up. So, yeah, I think those are kind of my surprising teams in both good and bad. Yeah, I think the records, right, like in the East, fourth fourth place through 12 is separated by two wins, right? Like, yeah, um, five and a half games back is where the Nets are at six wins. Uh, fourth place is the Cavaliers, and they're two and a half back. So you have a three-game spread there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's funny, you you mentioned the Clippers. So they're in ninth place right now at eight and seven. The Raptors are, have the same record, and they're in sixth place. Like, that just yeah. shows the differences in the conference, right? So I think my mm-hmm. my surprise teams, uh, for, my, yeah. for my disappointing team right now, I was going to say the Bulls as well, because they put so many good pieces on that team, it should be a little better, you'd think. Um, in yeah. I mean, they even maintained their roster from last year, too. It's not like they got rid of anyone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. And and I think my surprise team in the East, I wanted to say the Celtics, that they're 11 and three, like they're off to a hot start. But I have mm-hmm. to say the Cavaliers because LeBron has yeah. left that team twice. And for years after he left each time, they were bad. Right. And this year, they're finally putting yeah. some pieces together. They went out and got pieces. But they're putting it together so yeah. that you can have a good team and a team that, that's competitive on the floor. Now, like I say, they're at eight wins too. They're in the right in the mix. But if we move to yeah. the West, I think my surprising team for kind of uh, good is you and I were talking about this off off recording <laughs> um, yeah. with the Kings sitting at seven and six because they're just a nobody team usually every year, and they're yeah. winning some games. They blew out the Nets, like we said. I mean. What do you expect yeah, from they, that starting lineup, right? That's what he said. But, <laughs> I mean, that's where they're at. And then my my uh, kind of disappointing team, I think, would honestly be – and I'm wavering between the Warriors and the Suns because I think the Suns have shown how good they are. I know, yeah. I know Aiton's, Aiton's not playing right now, but it, it's still <laughs> – with the firepower they have, they should be doing a little better, I would think. Um, I think the West yeah. is a little harder to win in. You see the Raptors do that West Coast trip every year, and they just – it's hard, right? They never win all of yeah. them. They sometimes win four games out of six. Sometimes it's five out of seven. Like, it's whatever. But it's a hard <laughs> – that's a hard gauntlet to go down the coast like that, right? So, uh, I think yeah. those are my my surprises as well. But I agree with you with the Bulls for sure because you think that team should be a little better than they are um, – right now with with what they have like you said they barely changed the the barely changed the um the lineup right so uh yeah just, i would say the only changes were like bench players you know like i think their whole starting line is the exact same and they even had vucevic or however you pronounce that name come back and derozan's there and levine i know opted back in and yeah they were all saying they wanted to do it like make to run together again and it just hasn't done anything yet this year though for them but mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think like if we if we circle back to the raptors right the raptors have had injuries siakam's still out um mm. it'd be nice once he comes back i actually have to share this with you nate because well and everyone listening but uh i was looking at the uh the raptors twitter or the uh wikipedia page just to see draft picks and stuff we were talking about players today um and who what the draft picks turned into those kind of things and it has the Raptors season. It's like the Bosch era rebuilding, the Lowry DeRozan era Kawhi championship. And it's now labeled this era as the Pascal Siakam era. Like the post Lowry era is, is being known as the Pascal Siakam era on that. Do you think that's an accurate 
thing because I don't think he's the only star. He was a diamond in the rough. There's a lot of teams that wish they had him, right? But it's uh, yeah, he's like... but I think like could you put Van Vliet on there? Could you put other players? What do you do? You think do you think that's an accurate description saying we're in the Pascal Siakam era of the Raptors? Would actually say it's accurate for now. I'd say maybe in a year or two it could be Siakam Barnes with the way Barnes has been improving for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but just with how they've been playing, especially the so like this season with when he was on the when he's been on the floor and with them, versus since he's been out, I would say they've been a very different team with him out, and they've been you know losing a lot more sadly. And so I would say that actually is fairly accurate. I mean, you can maybe put Van Vliet on there though too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know he's definitely kind of our one of our more fire power players, but I think yeah, I think Siakam is definitely a accurate thing though, like a, the Siakam era. Mm-hmm. I I also like look at this team. Um, the year after they won the championship, that whole yeah. you know the one that ended in the bubble, it was just a crazy year. Um, we if you look at that team then. Um, people were talking about like, okay, in the off season, Masai, you got to trade Siak. I mean, you got to get rid of him. He's complete garbage on the floor. <laughs> and I look now, they're like, that's their piece they would not touch. Like it's it's and I mean, everyone jokes every deadline when the Raptors make trades. Everyone's like, what the heck was that? And then everyone's like, puts like hashtag in Masai we trust, right? And it's just like, yeah. oh, okay, but the guy knows how to run the basketball team. I know he's not the GM. He's the president of ops or whatever, VP of ops, whatever the official title is Bobby Webster is the GM but I think you see like he's brought these guys yeah he's brought these guys uh, over and and have made made them stars right and they've they've been placed in a place to succeed bring Kawhi Leonard over we knew that would result in change it was either championship or bust because he wasn't going to stay um yeah but you look at it and it's like those guys got to thrive and see what it took to get to the end, right? Under him, because Leonard led that whole thing. He won the Philadelphia series. He sent Embiid away in tears. He did a whole bunch of stuff that year. Um, he single-handedly pulled us through the box with Van Vliet. Um, so yeah. it's not single-handedly, but with Van Vliet, he did that. Um, and then the Warriors, they just kept rolling. Like after they beat the Bucks, because they were down 2-0, they came back and in four in a row. Um, and they're yeah. like, okay, we'll just roll into the finals here. And they surprised the Warriors. And I know, okay, Clay Thompson's out for a game, you know, whatever. Durant tried to play. He wrecked himself further. Those those things happen. Mm-hmm. Those could have happened to the Raptors too. And then we'd all be saying the same thing, right? But um, yeah. I think those guys got to see what it took to succeed in the league. And then you mm-hmm. have um, Siakam now is is playing well. I mean, he's, he's almost getting triple doubles a game when he's playing. Um, yeah. And hopefully it's not long before the whole lineup is back and healthy, um, because they've added some pieces. They've they have a good team, and I don't I know I don't think they win the championship this year. I'm not saying that they could surprise mm-hmm. us, I guess, but they're going to play some meaningful basketball down the stretch. I think they'll make the playoffs, and we'll see where they go from there. Because last year they had an okay run, I guess, against Philadelphia, um, <laughs> took them took them far, and then Philadelphia didn't win in the end, so that was okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of what I wanted to touch on for basketball. Do you have any other closing thoughts here before we head to a break here? Uh, honestly, I would say like I would uh, I wanted to add on earlier when you were saying about the Cavs. Like, uh, um, 
I think another thing with them this year that's been really good is when they did that trade for Donovan Mitchell, they didn't also have to give up any really big pieces, right? Like, I'm pretty sure Sexton was on the final year of his deal anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they just gave a couple, like, other people that didn't really do anything for the Cavs and, like, a couple picks, I think it was. But, you know, I think it's obviously worth it with how, like you said, like, they've been doing really good this year, so. But I'll, so I'll be interested to kind of see how they keep going as well, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. And yeah, like we said, we'll we'll check in from time to time with you, Nate. We'll I'll reference little things on the pod here and there, but then you and I can have lengthy discussions um, from time to time. But that'll do it for our our first edition. We'll have to name this <laughs> segment. We'll have to ask people to name the segment, um, and then we'll. Uh, We'll go go from there, but uh, thanks for joining us, Nate. We will uh, we'll be back on the other side of the break here to continue uh, talking sports on episode ten of season one of the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 10. We're in the double digits now, and we're on the closing segment of the show uh, doing some NFL pick Now, going into last week, Josh was 15 and 13, and I was 17 and 11. Uh, I went 0 for 4. Um, it's hard. I mean, all my teams <laughs> do the same thing. And Josh went 3 for 1, or 3 and 1. So he is 18 and 14 as we sit here, and I'm 17 and 15. And now we're going to do uh, the uh, the picks here, Josh. So the first game is Thursday night, so that's tomorrow night. And we'll make sure it is <laughs> timestamp that we're recording this Wednesday so it doesn't seem like we just adjusted. Um, Tennessee <laughs> Titans at Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Who do you have there, the Titans and the Packers? I'll go Titans on that one. Okay, that's what I'm going to pick as well. I think Green Bay is kind of in a shamble season right now, which is okay to watch. Um, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys at uh, Minnesota Vikings this is the Sunday afternoon game of the week, I think. I got to stick with the Vikings. They keep I know. I, me out here. I picked Minnesota as well because I think that's the team to win that one. Uh, Sunday night football, Kansas City Chiefs at L.A. Chargers. It's at SoFi Field Stadium or whatever it is in L.A. I'll go with L.A. Okay, I'm going to go with KC there, even though they don't do too much for me. Um, <laughs> and then I already know you're going to pick the last game here is uh, the, the 49ers at the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So you're going to pick your boy Jimmy G, or are you going with Arizona my, my, now? My boy, my boy <laughs> okay. Jimmy G. I'm gonna go with Arizona just to just to be different. Um, so you have the Titans, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Niners. I have the Titans, the Vikings, the Chiefs, and the Cards. Um, hard to believe, man. Like we're almost at the end of November, so they have basically another. Well, we're not almost at the end of November. We're halfway through though, for sure. So there's mm-hmm. like virtually six ish weeks of the season left, and then. Uh, Six or seven, and then it's playoffs already, right? Like it's that's hard to believe that we are there. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, I climb back in the lead here with the with the pickums here and uh, keep rolling. So 
Well, I think that'll do it for us here, Josh, this week on episode 10 of the MJ Sports Pod. Hard to believe we've put 10 of these in the books now. Uh, We're going to take a break from doing our performance of the week this week. We will be back to do that next week because there is 15 NHL games Saturday night. Uh, So 30 teams to choose from and watch coverage of, uh, watch highlights, I should say. And uh, we got a great cup coming. We've got the FIFA World Cup starting next week. So there's opportunity for more performers to come. So we're just going to take a break from that segment uh, just for this week. And uh, we'll resume uh, doing that next episode. Episode 11 will be coming next week. Um, if you want to reach us, uh, give us some feedback, give us how we uh, help on how we can make this better and more enjoyable. We appreciate those of you that listen and have joined along on the ride with us. Uh, you can reach us via email, mjsportspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. There is an MJ Sports Pod page. Uh, same logo as everything else we have. Uh, that'll be your your cue to find it. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at mjsportspod. Um, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to rate us, click subscribe, and we will be back next week for season one, episode 11. But thank you so much for joining us for these first 10 episodes as we conclude episode 10 of the MJ Sports Pod. Take care, everyone. We'll